You're listening to the PMO Strategies Podcast, where PMO leaders become impact drivers. This is episode 208. Well, hey there, Impact Driver. Welcome to the PMO Strategies Podcast. I am your host, Laura Bernard. And today we're talking about the changing scope of the PMO. There's been a lot of talk lately about PMOs being reimagined with a different title to recognize alignment with value. In this episode, we're going to be talking with PMO thought leader, global heavy metal guru, and general misery, Andy Jordan. And he's going to explain why the name of the function shouldn't be the focus. Instead, he says that it's the scope of the PMO that needs to change. Before we dive in, this episode is sponsored by the Impact Summit. It's back, baby. In September of this year, the Impact Summit will be live. But until then, you want to make sure you're registered for free for this event now because we're going to be doing some fun celebration and goodies only for those already registered for the free Impact Summit all summer long. So just go to impactsummit.global, check out some of the topics we'll be covering, the speakers that are involved, and learn about all the great things that we are going to be bringing to you over the summer and leading up to the big event in September of 2023. Just go to impactsummit.global, register for free, and let's get this party started way early. Okay, let's dive in. Now, if you don't know who Andy Jordan is, I'm not sure where you've been all this time. Maybe you're new to the PMO space, but Andy is one of my favorites in this space. And I love everything that he teaches and talks about and beg him to be a part of the podcast and the summit and all the things. We've even done an in-person PMO workshop together because I think his message and delivery of that message is so important for all of you to hear. Very practical, direct, straightforward, no nonsense. And I am honored that Andy agreed to come back and talk to us today for this episode about the changing scope of the PMO. So Andy is the president of Ruffensian Consulting, a Roatan Honduras-based management consulting firm with a strong emphasis on organizational transformation, portfolio management, and specifically PMOs. Andy is a very in-demand speaker and author who delivers thought-provoking content in an engaging and entertaining style, which I can totally attest to. And he's also an instructor in project management-related disciplines, including PMOs and portfolio management courses on LinkedIn Learning. Andy, thank you so much, my dear friend, for coming back and joining us today. Well, thank you for having me again. I mean, you know why I'm here. You ask me and I can't say no, so here I am. And well, I think last time you said something about being afraid of me, but I don't think you're yeah, afraid of me anymore. <laughs> and you're fully entitled to that opinion. <laughs> anyway, I, I'm grateful that you're here. Is there anything else you'd like to share? I mean, you may not be a Honduras-based management consulting firm for much longer. We'll see. Well, you know, let's not swallow the headlines later in the year, but yeah, we may be relocating. We'll see how it goes, but uh, let's... Talk about PMOs and miseries and heavy metal and all that good stuff that you said in my introduction. <laughs> Perfect. Happy to do so. Okay. So as we talked about at the beginning, there's a lot of talk about the PMO being reimagined, which, you know, I'm one of those people that have said we need to think differently about the PMO. But your point is valid. It isn't just about the name. It's about what it does and how it does it. So 
You say that we need to talk about changing the names and a focus on just changing the name is wrong. Can you expand on that a little bit? Sure. So in the last year or so, there's been a lot of bigger names in the project management and related space, I guess, who've been talking about the idea of PMOs and being value-driven or business-driven or whatever. And this is not a new concept, right? I mean, Mark Price Perry wrote his first book um, 14 years ago, it was published. So, yep. you know, this is this is not a new idea. But unfortunately, with the likes of you and myself and Mark and all the rest of the, the people sort of championing the idea of value-driven PMOs, we have a relatively small voice compared to some of these bigger names in, in the industry. And when mm-hmm. they start talking about it, it gets a lot more exposure. And unfortunately, because it's clickbait for them, they're talking a lot about let's change the name. And that kind of sort of misses the point. I right. have no problem with the idea of calling a PMO a value management office or a strategy execution office or whatever it might be, because mm-hmm. that reflects the reality of what's going on. But if what we focus on is that, then Joe PM, who doesn't necessarily follow this, or Joe PMO leader, who isn't necessarily as as actively participating in trends that are happening, is going to think, all I need to do is change my PMO to BMO or something, and all of a sudden, all these problems that we've had are going to go away. The organization's going to get me. The CEO is not going to ask for a consolidated status report on the project. I'm not going to have to do process governance to be hated by project managers, and my life will be wonderful. And I'm sorry, but changing a P to a V or whatever is not going to do any of those things, and is really going to undermine anything that you might have achieved. If, on the other hand, we say, look, if the PMO is about creating an environment where discretionary investments can be executed in a way that optimizes the benefits that can be achieved by the organization, then we have to say it may not be a PMO anymore because right. not every in- discretionary investment is a P anymore. You know, we've got mm-hmm. projects, we've got programs, we've got digital products now, the, the semi-permanent teams where we deliver consistently until you know, we don't achieve value by doing that to the grid. And yes, sure, those are all Ps, but we also have epics. Mm-hmm. We have value streams. Mm-hmm. We have business capabilities. We have a lot of other related concepts that don't necessarily fit under one simple label of a project management office. And I don't care whether we call it a project. I don't care whether we call it an epic. I don't care whether we call it Brenda. But let's recognize the fact that how we achieve value for the organization is changing. The way that an organization invests, the discretionary investments that it chooses to prioritize and schedule and put resources against are becoming varied. And at the same time, discretionary investments are consuming a larger percentage of the overall budget of an organization than operational investments because we're moving away from stable operations to continuous evolution. And you evolve through discretionary investments and change initiatives and all this kind of stuff. So if that is the function that we're taking on, the ability to optimize the environment where that stuff happens, then we have to look beyond an outdated, misunderstood, potentially misguided label. But we only do that with the understanding of why we're doing that, not simply because somebody who leads the industry and has a lot of members says, let's not call it a PMO, let's call it an XMO. 
that doesn't right. help anybody. Right. Oh, oh my gosh. This is music to my ears because when I first read the article, you know, about this XMO, one of the things that I took away from that that really bothered me, like really bothered me, was this thought that you have to be only the senior PMOs, only the ones that are at an enterprise level, only the ones that have been around for a long time, only the ones that are more quote unquote mature should be thinking this way. When in fact, I believe that the mindset is the very first thing that we need to consider. And any PMO, whether you're PMO of one, it's your first time doing it or your 10th time doing it. And you're in a huge several hundred person PMO type organization, like some of my clients, you need to change how you're thinking about what you do and really do focus on value and driving better business results, not just executing projects. But I was frustrated at the notion that you have to be this tall to ride this ride. Like this only applies if you are this mature in your process. When I believe that the way you and I think about it with respect to, you know, no, regardless of what you call it, it's about driving better business value and focusing on getting to better business outcomes not just deliverables and outputs and checklists and all of that. And so I love what you're saying because it really does change the whole approach. It's not so much the name, it's the value it's driving that matters most. And that is a really big deal and why I felt it so important to bring you on the podcast when we were chatting about this concept and this change. I think you're right. There's big voices making these big proclamations that, well, if you change the name, then it's going to immediately change what it does. And that's not really the case. Every organization, every person, every individual, every financial transaction in the world, in the history of this planet, has been about getting some form of value. Yes. It's not always financial value, but right. it's value. If mm-hmm. you are an organization and you decide to stand up for PMO, whether that PMO is an enterprise-level thousands-person, you know. Right major function, or whether it's a one-person departmental PMO buried deep in a regional office somewhere, that investment has to generate a return. You don't hire somebody to sit there and take up space. You hire them because you think that the cost of having them as part of your organization is less than the value they can bring to your organization. If you're a salesperson, you measure that in terms of financial gain. Not everything is that simple and straightforward. In a PMO context, there's a number of ways that we can deliver value, and we can talk about that till the cows come and then leave her. But at the end of the day, if it's not driving value, it's no importance, it's no matter to anybody. And if you're a low-level PMO and you think that you're driving value by consolidating somebody else's status reports or mm-hmm. applying process garments, then you're one mouse click away from being replaced by software and you're doing absolutely nothing to deliver value. And just because your organization doesn't understand that doesn't mean that it's okay. And it doesn't right. mean that you have to put up with that until someone promotes you to the EPMO or whatever it is. It's, it's about doing something worthwhile. And it's yeah. creating an environment where people can do something worthwhile. And if you need to call it something different so people understand it, go right ahead but focus on what really matters. And that's not the name. Right. Yes. Amen. Amen. And at the same time, um, one of the things that we've noticed recently 
in when we're working with clients and they're following our impact engine system process where we're doing all the things that you're talking about here and shifting that mindset and really understanding where your value proposition is. One of the things that we teach them is to look beyond project execution, right? It's the whole strategy lifecycle. I mean, you know this better than most. It's the whole strategy lifecycle that a, whatever you call it, PMO, BMO, whatever management office can support, right? Setting projects up for success before they ever start, ensuring that they're prioritized, ensuring that they're derived from and aligned with strategy, and then delivering on those projects and, and then ensuring that they actually achieve a return for that investment. That's the real value proposition to me for the PMO or whatever you call it, right? Is really supporting that whole life cycle and not just thinking, I'm about the box checking, the templates, the tools, the process, the stuff. Because when we go stuff first and focus only there, I think that's only where about 20% of the value that can be achieved from a PMO sits, is in the execution. It's really about supporting that whole life cycle. What we found is that when we teach these concepts to our mastermind students and to our clients, they tend to start renaming their organization away from PMO towards something that actually serves the C-suite better, serves the executives better. For example, several of our clients have changed the name from PMO to Strategy Delivery Office, but it's not just changing the name. It's only when they've understood a better value proposition and a different place that they should be focusing. And then they engage the executives and we let the executives be a part of naming it as to how they see it, right? They see it as the way to get their strategy delivered, not a way to just manage projects, right? They see it as a bigger picture play and then they name it as a result of seeing more value from it. Absolutely. It's, it's what every other function in your organization does. Right? <laughs> it's named for what it does. Right. You don't have the VPHR go, you know what? I'm going to change my name to CFO. Right. <laughs> just because just I feel like it. Right? right. When you say VPHR or you say CFO or chief sales officer or mm-hmm. SVP marketing, whatever, everybody understands what he does. Right. If nobody understands what a PMO is, then, well, you know, history, but also it's because it doesn't reflect what is necessarily being done. If you want to call it strategy delivery office, I get the impression from that. This is the function that's responsible for strategy delivery. If you want to call it value management, I get the feeling that that might be the office that looks after the management of value. Right. It reflects what you do. You don't go, you know what, we're not doing anything different. We're still doing process governance. We're still doing consolidated reporting. We're still doing all the stuff that no one cares about. But if we reinvent our name, everyone's going to care about us. Right. Right. Everyone's going to think you've lost your mind. Right. So the name should be derived from the value you're driving for the organization. Right. Absolutely. It's not difficult. And it's what every other function in the organization does. Right. So let's talk about that. It's not just about the name because you're talking about the things that maybe nobody cares about. What are the things that a PMO type function that maybe transitions to a new name should be focused on? Where should they focus their energy? You talked about the execution piece only being a small part of it. Right. To get work from it. Let's talk about something you can all relate to. Potatoes. 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 When we do a shopping list for a grocery shop, we look in the fridge and we say, oh, we're running a bit short of potatoes. So we'll put potatoes on the shopping list. And then we go to the grocery store 
and we look and we find some potatoes and you think, oh, those look a bit rough. You don't know that. Oh, that one's not too bad. Or, okay. Well, look, though, that variety over there is on offer. All right. That, that's a good deal. So we choose which potatoes we want and we put them in a shopping cart and we go to the checkout and we pay for them. And, and there's the execution piece pretty much done. And we come home and we stick them in the fridge. Perfect. But that's not the end of it because we don't want potatoes. We have absolutely no interest in potatoes. What we want is the enjoyment from eating a potato, the calories, the sustainment, the energy that we get the from vitamins. potatoes, there, all that good stuff, right? That's the benefit that we get. An organization doesn't execute a project because it wants to put potatoes in the fridge or it wants to put a new product on the shelf. It executes it to gain some benefit from it, reduce its risk, increase its customer satisfaction, reduce employee turnover, whatever it might be that we want to get out of it, whatever that mix of vitamins and carbohydrates and whatever else is in the potato that the organization wants to get. So if you're going to manage that process, if you're going to be strategy delivery, value management, whatever it is, you've got to be involved in that entire process. You've got to be part of the assessment that says how many potatoes do we have in the fridge. You've mm -hmm. got to be part of the planning that puts the potatoes on the shopping list. You've got to be part of the execution that chooses the potatoes and handles the financial transaction and then puts them back in the fridge. And you've got to be involved in the preparation, cooking and eating of the potatoes so that you actually get that benefit out of it. So mm -hmm. whether or not it's looking at identifying the strategic priorities that have to be executed on, whether it's determining the investments and, and scheduling of the work to deliver against those priorities and goals and objectives, whether it's the process of actually executing on stuff, building things, delivering whatever it might be, or whether it's the process of then taking that output and turning it into an outcome for the organization mm -hmm. to actually validate that you are achieving what you think you're going to achieve, you have to be involved in all of that because otherwise you're only seeing part of the picture and you're not optimizing the performance. Mm. I'm not suggesting the head of the PMO or whatever you want to call it takes the place of the CEO in strategic planning. I'm not suggesting they take the place of the operational department head in terms of leveraging the solution to gain the benefit. I am mm -hmm. saying they need to be overseeing, they need to be a part of, they need to be optimizing the ability in every single part of that because otherwise we're not leveraging the value as much as we could. There's absolutely no point in the potato that sits in the fridge for three weeks and then gets thrown out. It's right. And if we're not in charge, involved in, part of, whatever you want to call it, every single step of that process, then we're throwing money away and we're throwing opportunity away, which is even worse. Potatoes. I love that analogy. I'm a little bit more hungry now, but I'm loving that analogy because I'm thinking about it in the context of the model that I explained with, you know, defining the strategy and then executing that strategy and then delivering the realization of that strategy, right? So strategy definition, strategy execution, and strategy realization. All three of those stages, I'm now seeing through the eyes of potato shopping. <laughs> so, which by the way, you put your potatoes in the fridge. I'm wondering if that's because you're in Honduras. <laughs> I don't put my potatoes in the fridge. I'm in South Florida, but, <laughs> but I love that because what it's helping me think about is, yeah, a lot of PMOs are not even involved in the process 
of saying, okay, what do we want for dinner? What does a successful dinner look like? And that is the, before you've even gone shopping, you have to define the requirements of what success looks like. And in this case, success includes making garlic mashed potatoes. And so great. Okay. Now that I know that now we can go shop for those potatoes, which is an investment. And then we're going to go through all the rest of the stages of the process and we're going to create the potatoes, but it's not until we actually eat the potatoes and have everybody in our family say that was fantastic, that we've really achieved the return for the investment. I think it's really important that what you're saying here is making sure that we're defining success up front, going to get those potatoes, but putting them in the fridge or on your shelf does not get you value because that could be completely unused right? Potatoes that went bad, that we never used, that we never got the benefit from, that we never had all of our family saying were amazing. We didn't get the return for that investment. And so we've got to stop thinking of ourselves as having the potatoes thrown over the fence and shoved in the fridge. And that's it. We have to help them get to the end result. That is such a simple analogy, but something that I think is super helpful for our audience to think through oh, I've been living just in putting potatoes in the fridge as opposed to actually helping my organization achieve the real intended business value. And that investment wasn't just in the purchase. It was in the whole process of going to get them and the people that had to go get them and they had to bring them home and they had to put them in the fridge, all the preparation, all of those steps are investments in time, money, energy, focus, resources, and grumbling bellies waiting to go eat them, right? So I think it's really cool to think of it in that perspective as something totally outside of work that people can relate to, whether they put their potatoes in the fridge or not, but it's something that they can relate to as, oh, I've only been thinking about putting them in the fridge. I haven't been thinking about getting to the real results and understanding success. And I'll tell you now, a whole bunch of PMOs would say it's not up to me whether it goes in the fridge or the cupboard. They'll say, my job's done at the check-in because then you've got to take it, right? I've done an excellent job of optimizing the navigation through the grocery store. I've cut 17 seconds off the grocery shop. The person only has to push the car for, you know, however many yards instead of, you know, what it was before. I've optimized performance. They pay for it at the checkout. Somebody else's problem now. Yeah, and that's the thing, though. Maybe the way you've been thinking of the narrow scope of the project, but your business leaders... Your end consumers, the people that are measuring that you actually got those potatoes on the plate and people loved them and that they consumed them, all of those parties actually care about the whole big picture. They don't really care about the optimal shopping experience if they don't ever get to that result or if they have people over for dinner that are allergic to potatoes, right? So understanding the requirements from the beginning is kind of important. What does success look like? So I really thank you for sharing that analogy. I've never heard anything quite like that. And I think it's just so simple, but helps people see the world we've been living in is in the PMO space traditionally is only a small piece of the puzzle. Now, I'm guessing that there's some people listening to this and they are thinking to themselves, I think I just heard Andy say that we shouldn't focus on projects anymore. What's your response to that? I would say that they are correct in that they heard me say, they shouldn't focus only on projects yes. anymore. Projects are not going away. Projects are really important discretionary investment vehicles. They mm-hmm. are not the only ones. And I don't want to get into semantics about whether an agile project is a project or an epic or something. Else. I don't care. Call it a potato. But 
what we have to focus on is the delivery of value through discretionary investments. And increasingly, those investment vehicles are projects and. They're mm -hmm. not just projects anymore. When I was young and had hair, everything that we did that wasn't operations was a project. Sometimes Great. we put three or four projects together and we called it a program. If we mm -hmm. were really leading edge, we took all of our projects and programs together and called it a portfolio. These days, we're still delivering projects, but we're delivering a whole bunch more than just projects. And if we say we're only going to focus on projects instead of we're going to focus on all of our discretionary investment vehicles, projects, FX, all the rest of it, then that's like saying we're only going to focus on waterfall because that's right. all weird and it's nothing to do with us. <laughs> and hybrid is just like weird, weird, and yeah, no one cares about it. So no one thinks that's a good idea. I hope no one thinks that's a good idea to say we're only going to focus on waterfall because that's the only real project. Right. But if we're saying we're only going to focus on projects, then that's effectively what we're saying. We're going to ignore all the rest of that stuff that's delivering just as much value. It's just doing it in a different way. Right. We don't go to the grocery store and only buy potatoes. We go to the grocery right. store and buy a grocery shop for the week because we can't do everything the same all the time. If you are a PMO leader, you are managing the environment where projects are delivered. You are also managing the environment where epics are delivered, products are delivered, value streams are delivered, a whole bunch of other stuff is being delivered. And guess what? In the future, they're going to come up with new names that are going to be crazy and we don't understand. Right. And too. Right. Yes. I think, yes, I just, oh, uh, yes. <laughs> just so happy that you're saying this and you're saying it so clearly, so specifically and relatable to people, because I think that's been the problem is that so many people think that they have to only focus on the project world and nothing else is within their control. And my advice to those feeling like, yeah, but we don't really get to see that whole picture. Well, ask better questions and start looking for ways that you can be a part of that whole picture and be a part of that whole process. because. Executives are looking for people to help them support this whole life cycle, this whole strategy process. Executives, like you said, you were like, I don't really care about just that project piece. I care about this whole big picture. Well, that's what the executives care about. The executives don't really care about how perfect your project process is. They want the meal that everybody is satisfied with. They want the variety of solutions to solve business problems, not project problems. And when we shift our focus to be thinking more about how might we help the organization solve these business problems, we are open to beyond projects. We are open to more than that. We're open to being able to provide bigger value and ultimately get a seat at the table to help the organization achieve that bigger value. And then there's much better alignment between what the executives are looking for and what these PMO and project people are doing, right? Because they don't care about just that middle slice. They want the whole end-to-end -end solution. So I think it's incumbent upon the people that are listening here today to not say, yeah, but I don't have a seat at the table. That's right. You don't because you're thinking about the one slice. When you start thinking bigger picture, when you start asking better questions, which are podcast episodes we've covered very recently, you are in a position where executives actually want you at the table. They'll invite you in when they see that you're thinking about the bigger picture, like Andy is talking about here today. That is exactly when they will start looking at you differently and asking you to be a part of the bigger conversations happening about that whole strategy. Uh, I love it. Andy, thank you so, so much. Okay. One more question. You and I know this is where we've been headed for a long time. We already know that this is where the 
PMOs or VMOs or SDOs have been going. And the ones that we've helped consult to in our businesses, they make this move. And so therefore, we know that this has been happening for a long time. But this is new for a lot of people. Your advice to not get so caught up in the name, but really focus on the value it's driving, the outcomes and the impact it's helping the organization make is much more meaningful. But where is this going? What's next? We already know this is where we are now and where we're trying to push, but what's to come? I like to think of you as a little bit of a future predictor in this space, partially because you get to shape it because you're one of the influencers in this space. So give us a sneak peek as to what's next. When I'm not doing analogies involving potatoes, <laughs> I like to think of, of analogies that are sort of driving related. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of PMOs that spend all of their time looking in the rearview mirror, yes. reporting on what's happened, you know, the stuff that you can't change. Mm -hmm. What we're talking about now is shifting that focus to driving the car, looking through the windshield, and making the adjustments based on what's happening in front, which mm -hmm. doesn't mean driving 90 miles an hour until you're six foot behind the car that stopped in front of you and then slamming the brakes. It means looking far enough ahead to slow down when you see traffic slowing down and you know, being prepared to have a nice smooth transition. In the future, we're going to have to expand that further and start planning further ahead for our road trip. We're going to have information available to us that says, you know, three miles down the road, there is construction going on, the traffic's backed up. Already got that kind of information now. So now, before we actually have to slow down, we're starting to enable value optimization by adjusting the route that we take, by going in a different direction, maybe even changing our destination, switching things around a bit. We'll go to the mm -hmm. hardware store before we go to the grocery store because then we can take a different route and avoid that construction issue. We're going to start being enablers of future value rather than just optimizers of current value. That means we're going to be contributing not just to the current year's strategic plan and the execution of that plan, but we're going to be looking at ways that we contribute to the strategic roadmap to help look at ways that we can improve the capacity and capability of our resource pool. And there's no such thing mm -hmm. as a resource pool. It's just the employee base of the organization. But we right. can look at what's coming up in the future and what does leadership and development, what does procurement, what does HR have to do to make sure that when we need them, we have the people with the right skills, we have enough of them, we don't have people that we don't need the skills for anymore. And whatever that might be, we're going to be starting to look further ahead. And instead of just focusing on making sure that the work we're doing now is optimized, we're going to start making sure the decisions we make about future work is optimized. And then, of course, we'll continue to execute on that. But we're going to become much more forward-looking. We're not going to be limited by how far we can see through the windshield. We're going to be having access to those tools that allow us to plan further ahead. When we do that, there's no question about whether we have a seat at the table. It's just about whether we are able to leverage the organization to achieve even more value from the limited investment dollars that are available, even as those investment dollars increase as a percentage of the overall budget. Wow. I love that. And that's exactly what we've been trying, Andy. You and I and several others have been trying to do all along. I think that is the intention of an executive dashboard, if you will, is to give you that view of where you're headed right? Just like the dashboard in a car, give you where are you now and where are you headed, right? And you can see all that in one place. I love that. 
I love the enablers of future value. That's where the PMO is headed. Regardless of what you call it, that is the role that gets and keeps a seat at the table permanently because they are so embedded and integral as for the organization's ability to actually achieve their business goals and drive the highest possible return on investment for strategy, which is what I believe the PMO is all about in the first place. So I love that. I love that impact drivers. Think about where you are today and what you must do to become an enabler of future value for your organization. That's awesome, Andy. Okay, so before we wrap up here, I just wanna give a sneak peek into what you'll be talking about at this year's Impact Summit. For those of you that are not registered yet, definitely go get registered right away and you will be able to see Andy's awesome content uh, along with a lot of other thought leaders from around the world. Uh, Andy, wanna give us a sneak peek as to what you're talking about at this year's summit? So, okay, we're going to talk about the future of strategic portfolio management because strategic portfolio management has been around, what, two, three years now? So it's becoming updated immediately. Um, <laughs> and we have to think about how it's going to involve change. I, I love the idea of strategic portfolio management, this idea of connecting strategy through investments, work delivery, and benefits is mm. what we've been talking about, right? But right. it can't stand still. There has to be more. There has to be a way to leverage it. There has to be a way for it to evolve. There has to be a way for it to consistently break down silos, align organizations, and actually deliver improved performance on a consistent basis. So for that to happen, it needs to be not only embraced, but it needs to be continuously transformed. There's a clue. That, so that there is some kind of evolution happening, and we're always looking to improve. Because today's exceptional is tomorrow's subpar. You know, that's just the way yes. the world works now. So that's what we're going to look at a little bit and, and explore maybe how strategic portfolio management is going to be evolving and what it might look like in one, three, five years. Love it. So even if you currently are not doing strategic portfolio management, you are going to want to be at this session because you're going to learn about where you can be today and then how to even get ahead for where you should be tomorrow. And the best, most practical, no-nonsense approaches to doing so. Because as you can see, Andy is all about no-nonsense. Andy, thank you so much for being here again. I'm so grateful to you. I'm so grateful that you always say yes to my crazy ideas. It means the world to me. I see you as one of the top thought leaders in this space globally. I love all of your stuff and I'm so grateful that I get to share you with our Impact Driver community. So thank you for being here. Thank you for letting me be part of it. You know me, every time you ask, I say yes. <laughs> yes, because you're just as crazy as I am. <laughs> so, and care just as much as I do about really changing the world through the power of the right PMO, VMO, or whatever you want to call it, as long as it's driving real business value for the organization. All right, Impact Drivers, that's it for this episode. Make sure you go register for the Impact Summit right now. Just go right to impactsummit.global, register for free. You'll get to see all about Andy's session and all of the sessions that we have coming up for you this September. I can't wait to see you there. Bye-bye for now. Bye.